Welcome to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm Laurel Holland, and you'll be joining me with my co-hosts and guests as we dive into how doing your inner work, or the beautiful work, is the amazingly effective pathway to creating the life of your dreams. We hope you discover your passions, your purpose, and your fulfillment, because when you change, the world changes. And when you do your inner work, or the beautiful work, you make the world a more beautiful place for all of us. Thank you for tuning in to Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. Welcome back, Laurel. How are you today? Oh, well, how are you today, Laurel? I am doing well, but I have to tell you, I'm just a little anxious. I always get anxious when I know I'm going to talk about myself. <laughs> I do too. I do. Yeah. So Laurel and I are going to share some of our stories today into our path to doing this beautiful work and our inner work and developing lives that we really love today. And hopefully as inspiration for our listeners to take those risky steps like we did along the way, right? Yeah. Yes. And be willing not only to talk about yourself, but learn about yourself, yeah. get to know yourself. Yeah. And also learning. I think that one of the things too, as we're, we're having this conversation together is recognizing that we also learn from other people's stories. You know, some of my biggest aha moments have been hearing other women tell a tiny piece of my story in their voice that's awakened me to own my story in a new and a different way and to have the courage to maybe take steps forward that I might not have before. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I want... One of the things that I often think about with my own story is recognizing the stories that aren't mine that I carry. Yeah. Other people's stories that I have believed are true about me, and they're really not. But usually people of influence, whether it be my parents or my husband or even my children, um, my dearest friends, you know, who they see me as and the story that they've given me about myself sometimes sticks. Wow. Yeah. Powerful. That's super powerful. So for our listeners, you know, I think that what, what we're talking about in beautiful work and inner work is that you're really living into a story that resonates very deeply with your most essential and authentic part of you. And that, um, you truly feel like, uh, you know, any story that you were given or life that you were told you were supposed to live has been examined and, and set aside in order to really align, you know, with what you want most of all. Yeah. 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 And not always easy. So Laurel, do you want to dig in and we'll start sharing a little bit? What's your first, you know, beginning of, uh, really doing the work, you know, like the first story that comes to mind when you think about your, your, your traveling in, through this, this pathway. <laughs> oh, it's so interesting. Um, you know, it, it was a period in my life where I had spent my whole life um, being who other people wanted me to be. 
And I was in a job in a corporate setting that my job was in community relations and I was responsible for relationships for the company um, and with municipal officials. And I had 80 some odd towns in the state that I live in. So I had a lot of relationships that I needed to manage. And I found myself being really good at it because I could be whoever I needed to be for all of those people individually and collectively. Um, and it was exhausting. I, I, day in and day out, I was more and more exhausted. And what I realized is I am giving myself outwardly, but it's not really true to who I am in most cases. I was being who other people needed me to be. And that started the unraveling, I'll say. Wow. It, um, and it was incredible to work through that. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. How, so what was your biggest um, tool that you used at that point to start to address that? I had a couple tools. Yoga was a big one for me. Mm. Yoga and meditation really, really helped. Um, I also was working with an energy practitioner that, that helped kind of, um, I'll just say, release some of the blockages I had mm. um, and focusing on, you know, physically how I was feeling. And we've talked about this before for me and how I live my life, how I'm physically feeling is a really good indicator of, am I living my truth? Yeah. Um, so that those were some of the tools and then tapping into what brought me joy when I was very young, because being a woman, you know, I had been divorced, remarried, two children, co uh, corporate career, doing all things. Um, I really had forgotten what brought me joy. And so tapping into that started to make me realize I am exactly who I have always been. And I love the things I always have loved. And it's time for me to start doing that again. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And so what small steps were you taking at that point that were, you know, getting you closer onto that path? Were there any big or small steps that, you know, that you moved through? Um, I, I started physically doing the things that I used to love to do, being in the water, bicycling, walking in, you know, trail walks in nature, being barefoot as much of the year as I can, which is hard since I live in a four season place where there's winter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then being brave enough, I journaled. That was a huge one. I've been journaling most of my life, but being able to, to share tiny bits of, of it, of my story, of what I was feeling, how I was growing, but might not dare to, like um, sharing who I really was with people close to me, and maybe even sharing things I had never shared before. Yeah, yeah. So making myself more vulnerable in tiny little increments. That's beautiful. I love that because that's another example of taking those small steps, right? Sometimes we feel like we need to take this huge step and the tinier steps build us up and give us the strength and the confidence and and they're less vulnerable. They, they, they make us less vulnerable. A tiny step is less, you know, risky than the big step, right? Right. And you know, it's I can I can laugh at this little piece of it now, but I, you know, a lot of times I have used the phrase, if we say it out loud, it's true. 
right? So be careful what you say. That's right. And, and so what it was such a relief to be able to know my truth in small pieces and be able to speak it out loud, which made it less fright, frightening, yeah. right? It, it, it's easier to deal with once that you let it out. Yeah, I know. I know so much easier. Laura, Tell me about yours. Before we go into our oh. story a little bit, I know because I know our listeners are going to want to wonder, you know, they're going to be wondering, did you stay in that job? What happened with the job? How did that, how did it change? Like once you started doing your work, what happened with your career and that part? Yeah. Sure. So I, so my career was built when I left my first marriage with no child support and I had two young daughters. And so I jumped into a career and it was very important to me. And, um, you know, some inklings started to come when my youngest graduated from college. And that is the same time I was in this job of the people pleasing. I used to call it a chameleon job. Um, and, um, and so I was having a little bit of unease, knowing that there was something more. And, um, and I had, I will say some things happen in the career that as I knew it was not for me, I was being challenged to take on more and more. And my old self was accepting everything, like, bring it on, I can do all of this. And my inner self was saying, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Um, so it became extremely uncomfortable. And the discomfort, although I perceived it at the time as external discomfort, it was really internal discomfort. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up quitting that job without another job. Wow. Um, and it was a blessing. Um, one night I was up in the middle of the night thinking about work. And I said to my husband, if I take on this one more thing, maybe they'll be happy with me. And he said, it's three in the morning, Laurel. Get the hell out of there. Leave your badge and your laptop on your manager's desk and just quit. And I, of course, thought, can I do that? And now I look back on that day and I think he, my husband, was a messenger in that moment, bringing me permission yeah. to change my whole life. So I did. Wow. Wow. Did and you then do it right away? Did you literally do it the next day? I did not do it the next day. <laughs> we talked about this in pre previous episodes, but I am not that big of a risk taker. Yeah. But I, I took about a month and laid out kind of a plan. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did, I gave my notice and it was shocking to everyone who had known me mm -hmm. in that professional capacity, um, because it's not what they expected of me, Yeah. but it, I can say it gave me a path to really explore deeply who I am, what, how I want to live. Um, and knowing that I was good at that and I could do that, but it was not serving me um, well, and it was not the highest and best use of my time and talent. Yeah. I really believe it was not um, how I should be sharing my gifts with the world. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So what a beautiful um, transition to like, I, I love that you're sharing, you know, how your husband invited you to just, put the computer and the badge on the desk the next day and walk away, right? Which some people would do. And that would be okay for them. 
or they might do it and then they might regret it and they might have to deal with the ramifications of that. But you, I think, knew yourself enough, it sounds like, that you were like, that. that's not really my path. I have to do this in a way that I feel okay about. And I think that that's one of the one of the lovely parts of doing this beautiful work is that we end up usually executing our decisions in ways that we feel good about and we don't regret later, right? Which is just pile on of more stuff to do, more work to do. Absolutely. And it is interesting because I often claim I have no regrets. You know, I'm um, at this stage in my life, I've been alive for decades and I have no regrets. And one of the reasons I can say that as confidently as I do is because, you know, the, doing the inner work, doing that beautiful work of exploring your values. What are your core values? One of mine is grace, um, to live with grace. And so my decisions, even quitting, I could not go in the next day and just quit on the spot because that was not aligned with my core values. So, and I think that the more that I can make decisions and take action aligned with my core values, the more I'm living my authentic self. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think that's so true for all of us, you know, I, and it's one of the pathways too, you know, for any of our, anyone listening is to, to like begin to look at what are your high level values? What are those, if you had to pick five values, you know, like one of Laurel's is, grace grace right which we don't even necessarily think of as a value like that's a that's a that's a big word right we, we could probably do a whole and let's i'm inviting you to come back and do a podcast on grace <laughs> i can't wait i know i know because i love that topic too um but you know so mine was uh, mine was truth mm. you know one of my high high values is truth and uh you know for me that was that was ultimately you know, my, my messenger or my wake up call was I wasn't living my truth. I wasn't aligned with my inner truth. And, um, you know, if I think about the, the moment in time where I started living, you know, this path of doing the beautiful work and recognizing, you know, that, um, I wasn't aligned with my truth. I can literally close my eyes and be in that moment of standing in my kitchen um, my kids were, my, I had two of my children and they were probably four and two and, or close to that age. I was just about to turn 30 and I was looking around my kitchen, which was really pretty and thinking about my kids and recognizing like the truth of how I felt inside, which was, I have this great life, but I don't love it. I don't love it because I'm not happy in my marriage. And that means I'm not being honest and authentic with the people around me. And I had this moment where I felt like I was reliving a version of my parents' story of their marriage and my mother's story. And I can remember growing up, I knew in that moment, like this was a, this was a, this was a, a come to the mirror moment is what I call it when I had to look at myself and go, what, what, what are you doing? And because as a teenager, I didn't, I didn't see my mom happy in her marriage. And I, it, it troubled me so much. It was a painful, painful thing to see that, to see my parents seeming unhappy in their marriage. And I, I can remember at some point even saying to them, 
why are you together? Don't stay together. And, you know, and so I'm encouraged, you know, I'm trying to coach them, which is one of my problems, you know, younger in life. I'm like, I was trying to be a coach at 12 and 11 and whatever. <laughs> and that's not a good idea. That doesn't really work. Um, yeah. And it was basically none of my business at some level, you know, and that was basically how it got responded to was a little shut down, you know, we're not gonna really talk about this. And, and so in my moment, when it was my turn to look at my marriage and my choices and how I was handling my life and how I was showing up, I knew that looked just a little bit too much like what I thought I didn't like as a teenager with my parents. And the startling thought that I had was someday if this marriage ended way down the line, my children would look at me and they would say, oh, who are you? What, what are you doing? Because my husband then and I got along well enough. There was not any rancor. There was not a lot of anger in the house. There was not, it was all internal in me. I knew this was not the person I was meant to be with for my whole life. And yet, like I said in the last episode, I also defined myself as a person who would never get divorced. So that put me in a real catch-22 situation of, you know, what was I going to do? If I couldn't leave, but I wasn't happy, but I didn't really want to change, what, where, what was I going to do and where was I going to go? And so I think, you know, for me, that was the beginning of also understanding I didn't have to have the answer. I just had to start looking at it and being honest with myself about it and being honest with other people at some level, because this was a secret I kept all to myself. I didn't talk to anybody about my inner, my deepest feelings about my marriage because we looked like we got along and we did get along. We were good companions in a lot of ways in that way. And yet it was very unfulfilling in a very deep and soulful and loving way that was so important to me. And I had to hide that. I felt like I had to hide it. And I, and I, I didn't want to, but I also didn't know how to navigate leaving that marriage. I stayed seven more years. I had another child. I had so defined myself by the woman that wasn't going to leave the woman that was not going to get divorced that I was going to make it work. I was committed to making it work. <laughs> So, so what changed? What, what, how did you make that decision to leave? Yeah, I know. I think, you know, I think this idea of uh, doing the work, doing the beautiful work and doing the inner work is, is the idea of not forcing change before it's time, it's, it's, it's mm. natural time, it's organic time of happening. And I think that was really what happened in my marriage was I had to, I had so much work to do on me inside to sort through how I was going to navigate the territory of being more honest and being more forthright and owning what I wanted. And, and there were so many things. I had the life that I thought that I wanted. You know, I was a stay-at-home mom with my two children. I had a beautiful house. I had, you know, I had the things that I thought I wanted. And so I had to look at, well, if they weren't really making me happy in the full way, then what was missing and what was what was going to bring me the fulfillment or the happiness that I was looking for. And it wasn't about the right partner. I mean, that was part of it, but that was just a 
that was just the 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 one thing I could latch onto, right? That was causing me suffering because I knew I wasn't happy and I in in a very deep kind of way, and yet it all seemed to be happy enough. And so what was I going to do with that? I mean, it was a real conundrum for me, Laurel, at that point. Mm. And I think that just worked. So the beginning was working on myself, you know, trying to understand like, who am I and how am I showing up and why is this bothering me so much? And so for me, it was really traveling backwards, you know, like going back. Thankfully, I had this woman in my life who recommended a therapist and he immediately recommended going to adult children of alcoholics meetings. And so that to me was the beginning of that doorway because I knew I had grown up with a father that drank, but he was a very functional drinker. He never didn't function well in the world. And yet I knew that was disrupting a lot of things that were going on in our household. And so just beginning to, that was, that was years of trying, you know, that was years of sorting through and understanding that whole story and how I, who I became because of that story, right? I became a codependent. Yeah. You know? And, and did you, yeah. in that process, you know, you said truth was one of your values. Yeah. Um, in that process, did you gain insight into what your truth was? I did. I did. I think that that was that moment of looking in the mirror. You know, my truth was I was repeating a version of my parents' story, you know, and it was different enough that I could tell myself for for a long time that I'm not doing that until I could suddenly see it as a version of the story that I said I was trying to get them to stop and end. And so I, I had to address that. I think that was really the ultimate, you know, that was my truth. I, I, I wanted to be authentic. I wanted to be truthful and I wanted to live a life that I felt like was really a full expression of myself. And in the beginning was who am I in this marriage? I knew who I was as a mother and I was really committed. And so that complicated it too, but who am I in this marriage? And so we spent a long time. I mean, we went to therapy, we, we did a lot of things together and then, and then we did that for years. And then I kept going on my own because I wasn't done. I, we got the marriage functioning enough, but I knew, uh, I don't know. I'm still not done with my work, inner work. Right. Yeah. So there was a lot more, a lot more to go from there. And I didn't leave that marriage right away. And it was happy enough in a lot of ways. It wasn't terrible, but I will tell you, I think that's why my book is called courageous woman, because mm-hmm. in some ways it's a lot easier to leave an unhappy, angry marriage than it is to leave one that seems to be working pretty good. Yeah. And, and what um, courage to be able to know that there's just something missing, that it wasn't bad, but something inside you was calling for more, right? Again, that inner wisdom of knowing you, there's more for you in this universe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was, there is, there always is for all of us. Yeah. And I think it's whether we're on the path of that self-discovery of more and more and more along the way. And what are our invitations? You know, what are our times, you know, where we're being invited to look at more and, and to accept the invitation that it's okay to want more, right? Yeah. 
And um, I often refer to it as divine timing. I, I just, you know, uh, again, try to build an awareness to give me clues of whether or not the timing is right. Yeah. Um, and it is so interesting because, you know, my story, your story, story, um, every woman's story, there are the highs and lows. There's, you know, um, things that are good and things that are not so good. But if, if any of us are kind of longing for something more, um, one of the conflicts I see often with, with my clients is, you know, feeling selfish, yeah. feeling like they should be satisfied with what they have because at some level it's what they wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I, I encourage everyone, family, friends, myself, a lot of self-talk of, you know, that longing for something more is, is a good thing. It's an invitation, as you've said, to be curious and see what else is out there for you um, and decide, are those opportunities better aligned with your values? Yeah, yeah. And I, I love that you, you know, say it outright too, is, you know, if our life seems good, who are we to want more? And I, I know, you know, that the, the word selfish comes up so much with my clients, you know, they don't want to be selfish. They're afraid of being selfish. They're told they're selfish. And I, I have learned that, you know, there's, there's two kinds of being selfish. You know, one is disregarding everybody else and mm -hmm. just thinking of yourself. And then that's one kind. And, and I don't think that we do want to necessarily be that kind of selfish, but there's the other kind of selfish, which is you are responsible for your life, for yourself, and nobody else is. And so if you aren't self-centered enough and selfish enough to take responsibility for the quality of your life, nobody else will be. Yeah. And that's an okay selfish. And we can, we can do that kind of selfish and still care about other people and still Absolutely. take it into, into account. I think that's why I stayed in that marriage for so long was yeah. because I cared about my children. I cared about my ex-husband. I didn't want to hurt them. I didn't want to do wrong by them, right? Mm -hmm. And yet at some point in our lives, you know, sometimes we come to that crossroad where we can't, we, we have to make a choice that's really hard. And, and that's not easy, yeah. Um, there's a saying that I have relied on for many, many years that we make or we change, we make decisions when the, fear of the known is greater than the fear of the unknown. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we can ride out anything. You can stay in a good marriage, yeah. a less than satisfying marriage. I could stay in a, a good job. Yeah. Um, and I too stayed in a marriage for about seven years longer than I thought I would. Um, because I too never wanted to get divorced or said I would never get divorced. But we can, we can do those things um, for a period of time. But there is that tipping point when, again, that fear of the implications of our choices. Uh, and for me, some of that fear was always, um, in my marriage, I can give the example of, I, I knew I needed a divorce. My oldest daughter was 
14, 15 month old. And when I told my husband that I wanted a divorce, he laughed at me and said, where are you going to go to your father's house? Mm -hmm. um, and it really was that piece of where am I going to go? I don't have a plan. I have a 14 month old. So I stayed, had a second daughter, life, you know, changed my life. Um, and when I finally divorced, it was this tipping point of the fear of not only was I repeating the pattern of my mother, but I didn't want my daughters to repeat the pattern of me and my mother. Yeah. Um, and so that fear wasn't my own. It was fear of the people that I loved. Yeah. Um, and so I, I love hearing women's stories about where we come to a decision point and, and, you know, the fear and the opportunity that lies in that moment. Yeah. So yeah. rich. So rich. So let's leave our listeners today with an invite, some invitations for exploration around their story. What, what question or invitation would you like to share, Laura? Oh, one of my favorite questions, and this, this is a question I use when I am trying to disprove the stories I carry that other people have told me that are my own. Uh, so perhaps something that someone has led me to believe that I am a certain way. The question I ask, and it comes from a science background, of what evidence do you have to support your hypothesis? Um, and so yeah. what evidence in your life, what proof do you have that supports that story you've been carrying for so long? When, we, when I ask this question and go through this exercise, often I find more evidence and proof of that story not being true, mm -hmm. that I am not a certain way because I have all this life experience and proof to, to say that I'm not. I love that. I love that. And, you know, I think that ultimately that also fits into when I think about, you know, the story I carried all the time. I'm not a woman who gets divorced. I don't remember feeling judgment. My, my grandmother had been a divorced woman. I didn't feel judgment towards her. My sister had been divorced. I don't think I felt judgment towards her, but I didn't want to be like her. So that might have played <laughs> into a little bit. But, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's this idea of where's the proof? You know, just like you're saying, where's the evidence? How does that, does that feel like a real you, you know? Um, and how are you, and how might you be different than that? That's another way, right? Like, yeah, where's the evidence that you're different than that? Um, how's that trying I love that. That's a great invitation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and for me, I'd say, you know, for anyone listening who is struggling with a story or part of their life, that they know, you know, they want to change is just let yourself begin to think about, you know, what you want different and really be, be just that brutally honest with self. You don't have to do anything yet. I think that was the other thing for me was the idea of making the big leap was so scary, but just letting myself start to talk into my truth, you know, and share it a little bit more in therapy with other people in that group setting, you know, understanding my story more deeply, understanding myself helped me to put the pieces together eventually for the path that was right for me. Mm -hmm. But there was so much that I need to understand about myself first. And that work is not harmful to anyone. No. And, you know, 
I am hearing that process that you went through as being loving self-kindness, yeah. acceptance, and non-judgment. And our stories are so much easier to carry if we approach them with loving self-kindness and non non-judgment. I know so much so yeah so those might be words that we we i'll invite you to invite our listeners to post those words loving kindness compassion you know self-acceptance right mm -hmm. how do we just cultivate that more and more for self oftentimes we're really easy we, we easily bring that to others but we don't necessarily easily bring it to ourselves so that's such a beautiful self-development part of, mm -hmm. of this experience of of doing the work you know is cultivating that space and self inside that can be your best you know friend yeah 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 thanks for sharing some of your story today laurel i'm sure yeah. we're gonna be weaving in more storytelling time because i know we only tipped the iceberg touched the tip of the iceberg today with our stories yeah we have a lifetime of stories i know we do we do yeah looking forward to hearing more yeah, me too. So we're going to close today and we invite our listeners again to remember, send in questions, send in, um, you know, your thoughts that you want to share with us and struggles that you're having. And we're, we're going to have some um, time to be able to speak into those kinds of questions. So have a good day, Laurel. Thanks, Laurel. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for Bye. joining us here at Beautiful Work, Beautiful Life, the podcast. We welcome questions from you, our listeners feel free to send one along. If you enjoyed the podcast, the best compliment we receive is when you share the podcast with a friend. Thanks for being with us to elevate the conversation and open up new pathways for all of us.